millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction. The podcast, not about fashion, but clothes. We all wear them, and they can make us feel good, bad, happy, or sad. So let's talk about it and see where it takes us. If you're new to the party, here's an early Christmas present from me to you. 35 more episodes for you to discover. We've had some amazing guests, including Joe Sugg, Deborah Meaden, Katie Piper, and CeeLo Green. But now, let's get on to today's special guest. He's an NHS doctor, BAFTA award-winning TV presenter, best-selling author, Strictly Dancer, charity ambassador, and now he's just gone and written a blinking children's book called A Superhero Like You. It's Dr. Ranj Singh. He's also one of the kindest and most joyful people I know. I adore this man. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. So today, I am so thrilled. My heart is literally, it's doubled in size because I'm seeing this creature's face on my computer. And I love this man so much. I am with Dr. Ranch, who is just the most wonderful man in the world. TV presenter, Strictly Star, who did so well. And now a children's book author. Tell me about your book. <laughs> Thank What's you it called? so much. A superhero just, like you. Yes. It's called A Superhero Like You. It's, Yay. it's out, finally out, the labour of love. Um, so it's basically a story of a little girl called Lily who wants to grow up to be a superhero, but not a make-believe superhero like in comic books that wears capes and pants on the outside of their trousers. She wants yeah. to be a real-life superhero, much like the people around her that um, have been doing particular jobs, keeping the world going during the pandemic. And it was inspired by key workers, all of those people that kept us going. Emergency services workers, healthcare workers, you know, postmen and women, policemen and women, firefighters, all those people that put themselves on the front line whilst we were all in lockdown and trying to get through this crisis that we've got across the country. It's inspired by them and those real life superheroes. And I hope that any little one will pick it up and read it and feel inspired and feel like, actually, do you know what? I could be a superhero when I grow up. And I wanted it to speak to little ones of all backgrounds because we've got so much diversity in this book. Uh, genders, backgrounds, um, abilities. We've got kids in wheelchairs. We've got uh, we've got a little boy with Down syndrome that's in it, which I, I especially adore. Um, we've got um, people, amputees, you, you know, you name it. I've tried to bung as much diversity as I can into it because I want it to be and speak to so many people, so many little ones, and I'm super, super proud. And a donation goes to NHS Charities Together from every copy, which I am so glad about because they do incredible things. 
is such a brilliant idea because what you're doing with that is you are encapsulating in a book for children all the good that came out of COVID. Yes, you know, and absolutely. From lockdown, and all those people who were, weren't recognised, you know, people like dustbin, you know, taking our dustbins, yes. for God's sake. You know, I mean, so yep. many people, people working in supermarkets, all those Shopkeepers, people. Shopkeepers, recycling truck yeah. drivers, all of those people that we take for granted. Yeah. Bus drivers, people like that, um, that we, we never really think about, but actually are essential to our day-to-day living. And are so giving and, and, you know, just without a thought, just went and did their jobs at the, at the height of the pandemic when everyone was so worried. And I, I wanted to celebrate them and I wanted to say thank you. That's just, it's because we could, you know, we could do without Lady Gaga. We, we can live without <laughs> Lady Gaga, but we Maybe can't you can. live. Maybe you can. Or Kylie, <laughs> but we can't live without people <laughs> collecting our bins. We can't live without people like you, Dr. Anton. And you, um, you say when we were in lockdown, weren't you, were you not in the hospital during that time? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, um, uh, during the pandemic, I've, I've I've always worked in the NHS. I work part time in the NHS, and as the pandemic hit, I just went and as everything else quieted down and lockdown, I went and did more work there because I could, and it was important to do that. And I work with in children's A&E. I'm an emergency uh, physician, uh, paediatrician. Um, and if there's any silver lining to COVID at all, it's that small children particularly, but children and young people were relatively under-affected. They make up less than 2% of cases. If they get coronavirus, they don't tend to get very sick with it, thankfully, and they don't tend to pass it on. So they're at the lowest risk out of everyone. They're not at zero risk. We have had children that have, have become very, very poorly, and that's really sad. But the ones we really, really need to protect are the elderly and those with serious long-term health problems. Um, and luckily, my job thankfully didn't get as bad as we thought it was going to be but we stepped up and helped out on the on the adult side because that's where we were needed so people were redeployed you know we changed the way we were working we all mucked in together and that was one of the nicest things I think I saw was my colleagues in the NHS all mucking in together and saying do you know what we've we've got to do this it doesn't matter what it is we're going to step up and we're going to do our jobs because that is what we are here to do. And it filled, it made my heart swell. It really, really did. Mm. I think, I mean, I do think generally, though, human nature is like that. When, you know, we've got our backs against the wall with something that's unknown, um, we do pull out of the stops. And I think, you know, we can berate human nature. We can berate, you know, we're all losing it. We're killing the planet. We're BLM. Mm. We're doing this, that and that. We're all mm. wrong for everything. But actually, the goodness in human nature is there. And yeah. it does come out when we're up against it. Yes. Yes. The best comes out in a crisis. And yeah. one of the things, there's that saying, isn't there? In, in a crisis, look for the helpers. They, yeah. You know, that's what we say, don't we? Look for those people that are helping. And that's when the best of human spirit comes out, yeah. when it all hits the fan, when things are so bad and the best of humanity comes out. And that's when I'm proud of us, like of everybody who mucks in together. Um, you know, and let's not forget people who, you know, supported food banks because food poverty Absolutely. became a massive course, thing yes. during the yeah. pandemic. Um and and everybody else that stepped up and just did what they had to do. And I just want to say a massive thank you. I'm so grateful. I'm 
so lucky to work with amazing people. So, um, yeah, that's why this book was born and here we are. <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic. Really, it's just a genius idea. Fantastic. Now, Brangie, when you were little, um, where, did you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Kent, in Medway, uh, down okay. in Kent. Yeah, okay. And you spent all, and are your parents still down there? Do they still live in that part yes. of the world? Yeah, so my, my parents still, uh, actually, they live in the house that I grew up in as a teenager. Um, so we had a house just before that where I was kind of raised as a little, little person. Mm. And then when I was a teenager, we moved into the house that my parents are currently living in. And I still go down and see them whenever I can. Obviously, I can't at the moment, really. Yeah. Um, but when whenever I'm able to, I go down and see them. And it's um, my brothers both live down there. They've both got kids. Um, it's just, it's you know, it's, it's nice to go home now and again. But I'm a Londoner now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Londoner through and through. I like the big city, the noise, the bustle, the hustle. I live above a roundabout for crying out loud because <laughs> I like that noise. My flat yeah, has no curtains, Susanna. Zero freak, curtains. Really? <laughs> such a freak, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you are curiouser and curiouser but you you always work very hard and and I saw that when we were in Strictly took sort together oh. but not together because I only lasted five seconds but you work you have the amazing work ethic and this started from when you were a teeny weeny little boy because didn't you get your first GCSE when you were about eight or twelve or something <laughs> I did my very first GCSE was when I was eight um, uh, and I remember being in junior school and it was, it's in Punjabi, which is my mother tongue. Um, yeah. so obviously when I was very young, uh, we spoke Punjabi at home because that's the language of my parents and my family and, and going to school, I learned English, et cetera, et cetera. But I used to be made to go to Punjabi school every weekend. So I'd go to school Monday to Friday and then have to go to Punjabi school on a Sunday. And a lot of people do that when they speak another language, they go to a, another school at the weekends, but I hated it. I hated it. And doing this exam was my way out. My parents said, if you do this exam and you finish it, you don't have to go anymore. So I have never worked so down <laughs> to get something done. That's and hilarious. I sat it. I sat the exam and I remember I got a C, so I passed. Um, but I had no idea what this was. I just thought it was some sort of test to finish school. So I took it to my headmaster <laughs> in junior school because... Because that's what you do when you're that young. You take your swimming certificates in and they give you it in assembly and they make a big song and dance about it. So I was so proud. I was like, I'm, I'm useless at swimming. I still can't swim. Um, so I wasn't ever going to take in a swimming badge or a trophy. So I took in this certificate and my headmaster sat me down and said, do you realise what this is? And I was like, I haven't got the foggiest. <laughs> I did a test. I got a certificate. Can you do that thing that you do in assembly where you give all the kids like, and everyone cheers? Um, anyway, they made a big hoo-ha about it, and it was only then that I realised, oh, actually, I might have achieved something just there. But um, it was it was funny. You didn't look back. Well, I tried. There. I tried yeah. not to. I tried to just keep going. So yeah. But did you have um, quite a sheltered upbringing, or were you kind mm. of um, up to speed with popular culture and what was going on around? Oh my gosh, aren't you? So that would have been. I'm not 90s. 36, darling. I'm 41. <laughs> 41 now yeah oh, thank oh, me for that thank because that was a genuine that I'll was take, genuine i will take 36 yeah 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 Susanna, i will take 36 that is fine okay. i'm a child of the 70s okay um so 
growing up, I was very much aware of popular culture, but I didn't really experience popular culture. So I grew up in a very traditional Indian household. Um, the emphasis was always on academia, 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 like, you know, study, study, study. And it was very little on plays. So I didn't really, even as a teenager, I was, I knew that I wanted to get to university. So I just worked, I just knuckled down and worked really, really hard and hardly went out at all and hardly really had fun. It was only when I got to university and then I was kind of let loose where I was like, right, that's it. <laughs> now it's my rules. I'm not under my parents' roof anymore. I get to discover who I am now. Mm. So my growth started then in university and then basically I think continued into my 30s because I came out when I was 30 yeah. um, and only then do I feel like I really started the journey of being me and fully mm. me and completely and authentically me and it has been an absolute dream. It's, as soon yeah. as I unfurled my wings as I say I got to really experience what life was so I'm now living my teenage years. <laughs> That's so interesting isn't it because um, well, two things. Okay, first thing is I hate the term coming out because it it seems yeah, me like too. It makes me too. it so I much harder for, for especially yes. young kids who want to yeah. show their sexuality. It's like coming out; it becomes subversive. Yeah, and it's like you're hiding. It's like yeah. you're hiding something, and we're not hiding. We're just often people can't be themselves. So I call it being your authentic self, being yeah. your full self. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. And the other thing is that I think when you've been, haven't been living your true life, it's when you discover that you're kind of, you are kind of mm. behind. So you were sort of maybe like yes. a decade. So it could be like yeah. a man, most men, I think, sort of dress in the way they did when they lost their virginity and went for their first pint in the pub. <laughs> they still dress like that. My husband's just like that. But um so yeah, so it's got or it's like being, you know, it's like when I went into recovery and I got sober, mm. I think a part of me was still really immature. I didn't Yeah. Not emo not emotionally immature because I think I'm quite emotionally intelligent, but there was a part of me that I've really I've had to catch up on so much. So I imagine it's the same with um, living your true self and, and finding your true self. Yes. Yeah, it, honestly, when I, when I turned 30 and I got to embrace who I was and accept who I was and start that process, I just remember it was terrifying at the time because I kind of felt a little bit lost. I felt like I had to break myself down and remake myself. Um, but... It just got better and better and better. I was surrounded by the most wonderful people. My newfound LGBT plus family, as we say, we've got, a lot of people call them your chosen family. So you have your biological family, but then you have a chosen family who um, support you through processes like that. And I had wonderful people around me. Um, and it's just been honestly the most magical, magical experience since then, because I got to do and experience everything I should have done. And yeah. Uh, you know, and experience a whole part of love that I'd never experienced and all these wonderful people and, you know, and do, and, and actually, I think that's what kind of encouraged me to branch out of medicine a little bit because yeah. before then I kind of felt very restricted and I had to be restricted and then I started to dabble in TV and that's why I got to do amazing things like Strictly and meet wonderful people like you and, and all this other incredible stuff because I finally had the confidence 
in myself to think I can do this. I, you know what? And even if I don't do it, it's fine. But you only live one life. Make the most mm. of it. But you really do have that about you, Randy. You, you. It's like you, you, you seem to be someone who has so much gratitude for everything. It's like your gratitude for the people who come along, the people you meet, what you're wearing, what you're eating, what you're breathing, what you're sleeping. You have. I've, I've never known anyone with such <laughs> immense gratitude, and that is is a infectious for other people <laughs> but it also you know maybe are you ever thankful that you weren't able to live your true self you weren't able to be your your authentic self because now everything is just so freaking great freaking <laughs> great do you know what i have no regrets i would say because i am who i am and i am where i am because of where i've been so if I went back and changed it, I may be in a totally different place. And I am hugely grateful because I grew up with very little apart from dreams. And that's basically all I had. And every time I something comes into my life or someone comes into my life, I'm so thankful and so grateful because they make it better. And I look around and there's so many horrible things going on in the world and there's so many people who are in really difficult, horrible positions, painful, heartbreaking positions. And then I look at my life and I think, you're so lucky. You are so, so lucky. You know, things could be so much worse. You know, be grateful for every day. Not every day is amazing. Some days are shit. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Some yeah, days yeah. you feel like crap. Some days you can't help but be in a horrible place. That's fine. That's okay. But remember how lucky you are and how lucky you are to have these amazing people in your life and to have these and, and to never want for anything. I never need for anything. I'm, I'm so and having been in a position where I haven't had that, I really know what it means. Mm. And I also know that it may not last forever. So I'm going to make the most of every damn minute I can right now. Yeah, quite right. But do you have, um, <laughs> sorry, that sounded so dismissive. Quite right. Move on to the next question. But do you think that, do you think, do you have an, an antenna for people who maybe want to not do you harm, but maybe are jealous of you or don't like you? Do Is that antenna hmm. switched on with you? Or are you, do you just think everyone's <laughs> Probably not. Probably yeah. not as much as it should be. I like, do you know what it is? I like to love bomb people. So people I care about, people come into my life, I like to love bomb them and I like to see the good in everyone. I genuinely believe, genuinely believe that everybody starts from a good place. Everybody does. We all have this immense capacity to do good. And because we're human, we have an immense capacity to screw up as well. Mm. Um, and I genuinely like to think that everybody has the ability to be good and to be loving and to be caring and to be kind. And that's what I'd like to see in people. Sure, that's a bit of a naive view, I suppose, sometimes. But, you know, I'd much rather see that and see the good in everyone. And see, not, not saying that everyone's perfect. No one is, nobody is. But I'd like I to am. see the good in people. <laughs> Apart from you, of course. I like to see those good uh, facets of people first and then if you want to ruin it if you want to spoil it that's fine go ahead and do that I won't begrudge you I'll just ignore you <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Jog on, yeah, quite right. That's, <laughs> Jog that, on, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, do you know yeah. what? If you if I've, you if you annoy me or you hurt me, fine. Jog on. Yeah, I've got no exactly. time. <laughs> yeah, and it's all that thing about keeping your side of the street clean, and other people can do what the hell yeah. they want. Yeah, yeah, and surround yourself by good people. Yeah. And I think we're, I mean, for me, that's what I've, I've, I have more gratitude yeah. with my chosen family yeah. too. I have a chosen family. Yes. But did you, did you, when you were growing up, did you have any style icons? Did I have any style icons? But no, because I, I, I think one reason why I, I love clothes, I love fashion, I love style right now. And I have more clothes than I should do. And I donated 50% of my wardrobe to charity in lockdown because I cleared it out and I said, you have too much stuff. <laughs> okay. Make it, make, put it to good use. Um, the reason I love it so much and I cherish fashion and clothes so much is when I was growing up, my clothes were picked for me and I hated that. Hated, hated, hated it with a passion. There's nothing worse than putting something on and feeling like it's not you. And feeling like you're being forced to be something that isn't you. And I never, not I guess not really until I was at university and I had control over my own finances and my own life and what I wanted. Not until then did I really get to explore it. So yeah. when I was young, young, um, I don't, I guess it was the 80s. So, you know, <laughs> there were loads of shoulder pads. There were loads of tassels, shoulder pads. I remember looking at Grace Jones and thinking, you are the most amazing thing on this planet. You are, like, she scared me a little bit. But yeah. her fashion was ridiculous. Yeah. But um, obviously, it, for me, was untouchable. But I remember looking at people like her and thinking, you know, I grew up in the era of dungarees and, <laughs> and all of that stuff. But, but yeah, like, it, and, and Bermuda shorts, crikey. Oh <laughs> Let's God. put those away. <laughs> and shell suits. Oh, is that what you were wearing? <laughs> little shells, little mini shell suits. Little shell suits, Bermuda shorts. <laughs> oh my god, I'd love to see some. My mum was a seamstress, so she used to she used to make some of our clothes sometimes, um, yeah. and she used to make us Bermuda shorts. <laughs> that's hilarious. Did they fit well? Because that's quite hard because it involves tailoring. Uh, yeah, she's really good. She's very very good. She's, she's great with really the pattern. Good. Yeah. Uh, she's really good. Um, I wish I'd picked up some of her skills. I can barely sew on a button. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, fashion for me growing up was angsty. I had a lot of hand-me-downs from family. Um, and it was it was never really what I wanted. It was never, it never so really felt like... what did you want? What did you want? Or did you know what you what? wanted? I don't think I really knew what I wanted. I just wanted to be able to explore what it was. And it's not until, obviously, you know, when I got to my late teens, early 20s that I really started to do that. And I love, I mean, I love fashion. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful way. It's art sometimes. It's a great way to, to express yourself. So putting something on and just feeling good in it, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. No, exactly. It's just yeah. the feeling, the feeling it gives you when you put it on. That is priceless, yeah. I think. Well, it doesn't you know, have no, to be expensive as long as it's new. No, it doesn't have to be expensive. And, and I'm a big believer in donating clothes you don't want and things you don't want yeah. and recycling as much as possible. Um, and, you know, and there, and there is that saying, if you um, buy well, you buy once. So you yeah. don't, you know, make sure that 
fast fashion isn't always a great thing either. So, mm. you know, the quality may not be as good, it won't last as good and it goes to landfill. Mm. So I think try to buy the best within your budget and mm. then it will last you longer and you'll get more out of it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, generally speaking, um, most of us wear... Um, 20% of our wardrobe, 80% of the time. And there you go. It's, it's so true. I, you know, I used to be like that, but now I have, I have loads of stuff in storage for my daughters. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I keep, you know, all my TV stuff, but I have a, I have a tiny wardrobe. People are so <laughs> amazed by, and even that I don't wear every, you know, all the time. So and it's, it's a, a capsule feeling. wardrobe, right? <laughs> yeah, a little capsule wardrobe, you know. But what did you wear on your wedding day, which was when did you get married? Two thousand and three. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was around that time, two thousand and six. I got married. Two thousand three oh, okay. was when I qualified. Oh, can I show you the outfit? Can I go and grab? Can I go and grab it? Oh my Am god! I yes, please do. Have you still oh. got it? That's so exciting. Yes, I've still got it. It's, I was never going to get rid of it. Okay, look. Let's see. So right. Rand just this... bought his wedding outfit, which is in a body this bag. This is one of a... one of the wedding oh. outfits. Um, so this is the Indian wedding outfit, and it's um, a traditional Indian dress called a shawani. So it's like okay. an Indian suit. Yeah, and With I, the narrow uh, collar, I assume. That's oh. it, and it's this, and it's beautifully embroidered, with, and it's got this beautiful dark, deep crimsony red garment underneath every time I put this on I feel like a superhero it's so beautiful and it's got that it's got that smell that reminds me of India it's because because I think it was made in it was manufactured in Pakistan and um then they had it adjusted when I brought it here look it's got this lovely embroidery on the back yeah you can't get rid of stuff like that can you (laughs) <laughs> no, you can't. But but I think maybe no. maybe you can. Maybe you can. But no, I mean the quality that the quality of that embroidery looks extraordinary. It's stunning. It's stunning, and it's all hand done. So it's just yeah. absolutely. I fell in love with it as soon as I saw it, and I thought that's the one I've got to have. That. So how many changes do you did you have on your wedding day? You said this is my Indian. So I had yes. So I had the Indian outfit in the morning, and then that was for the Indian ceremony that happens in the morning, and then we had a reception in the evening. And uh, just before that, we had a registry wedding. And for that, I had an English outfit. So I had a morning suit. um, uh, And uh, and for that, actually, I had the waistcoat made specifically for that. And that was made by an Indian designer called Mona Vora. 
who is incredible. And she makes these beautiful, beautiful garments. Uh, and she does men's and women's garments. She's a, an Indian fashion designer. And it's it's stunning. I've still got that. It's it's just, I'm never going to be able to wear it, but I just love it. It's, it's something that I want to hold on to because I think it's obviously... Um, entrenched in memories but lovely memories and also the quality of it and the feel of it just it's that feeling you get when you put it on isn't it it's just great I, mean, I think some of the you know i spent a lot of time in pakistan and i've spent time in india and mm. when i've been to those places i've embraced you know the traditional costume and i have to say i've never felt more feminine than when i'm either in a shower yeah. kameez or a, a sari. yeah and i love the shower kameez because it's so it's liberating because it hides. It everything. is, isn't it? It's but it's just so comfortable. Yeah, they, they are so comfortable. Um, and the thing is, I, I think saris are stunning. They yeah. are stunning, absolutely stunning. But they're quite tricky to put on. <laughs> like, I have learned the easiest garments. A, I have learned to put on and how you fold it at the front. You've got to pleat I them and it. You've all got to pleat sorts it at the front, and tuck yeah, it and. But yeah, they are, it's just exquisite. <laughs> um, but my love, and so you were married, and then I, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but your marriage didn't work out. And um, yeah. what was harder for you? Was it, and you probably talked about this a lot, but what was harder for you, um, telling your family or telling your wife that it just Do you, you know what right was place? really interesting? Yeah, so my, my ex-wife was one of the first people I told because we were best friends, yeah. regardless of what was going on. We were always best buddies. You know, we fell in love with each other. We ended up getting married. It just didn't work out, sadly. Yeah. Um, and I felt like as when our relationship broke down, I went to counselling and that's when I kind of approached a lot of things and worked a lot of things out. And I thought as I was going through counselling and learning a bit more about who I re like, was completely, I thought she has to be the first person I tell. She mm -hmm. has to be. Um, so she was one of the first people I told and it, you know, it's never easy to do something like that, but we, you know, we had gay friends, we had loads mm. of gay friends and things like that. It wasn't, it wasn't that that world was a surprise. I think the, um, the news was a surprise that, yeah. you know, that actually, you don't think oh, that she would have, she had an inkling. You don't think she's just, she, maybe I don't knew. think, well, she said she didn't. Well, yeah. she said she didn't. So yeah. <laughs> she said it was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. But then I, you know, then I gradually got into the process of telling my family and close friends and yeah. it's, ne it's never easy, but the love I got back, the support then made it easier as I went on. It's so interesting as a, as a gay person, you'll find um, that every time you meet someone new, it feels like you're coming out again. You have to come out again every time. And it's really difficult sometimes mm. to do that, but over time, as you get used to with who, get used to who you are, um, and more and more comfortable in your own skin, you, that becomes a much much easier process. And fortunately, that I mean that was over ten years ago now. Mm. Fortunately, I feel like the world has moved forward. I feel like um, younger people now are so much more comfortable being open, being fluid, being accepting, and that we have so much to learn from young people when it comes to that. Yeah, I, and. On so many levels, we do. On so many yes, levels. Yes, absolutely. But did your wardrobe start to change? Oh, yeah. You, I became... <laughs> I remember thinking... Um, I. So when I... Well, let's say when I was straight. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's on a spectrum. I don't think I don't think every, everyone's a hundred percent one or the other. Well, some people are. Um, but before I came out, I um, I used to be a lot more careful about what I wore because you have this weird thing that you put something on, you think, oh, does that look a bit gay? You know, yeah. I hate that. I hate yeah. that thought process, and I hated that thought looking back on it and then as soon as I was able to be myself I thought do you know what who gives a toss I can wear whatever I like and as time's gone on I've got more and more ambitious with it I you know I've worn I've worn heels to an event before because I don't think there's anything more sexy than a guy in heels I think it's incredible it doesn't necessarily mean you're feminine or effeminate at all that doesn't matter if you are um but to me like an outfit with heels on a guy sometimes can look incredible. Were they little Absolutely ankle amazing. boots? Were they ankle boots or were they what kind of shoes? There were, were ankle they? boots, ankle boots heel. with a, yeah, with a block heel because I was like, I had to wear them to an event for 10 hours and it was a um, mad drag night. So it was a charity event raising uh, money for an HIV charity in Africa. Mm. Um, and it was incredible. So I thought, okay, my ode to drag will be these heels, these, these black patent. <laughs> black patent heels ankle boot heels um i've worn other types of heels they're they're hard I, do you know what one thing i'm going to say is anybody that wears heels for any length of time i take my hat off to you because oh my nightmare. gosh that's why it hurts so much that's why people complain because it hurts wow it hurts um but yeah i've definitely become more adventurous i think in what i wear and just more expressive just why not? Too fucking right, Ranji. But when you, it's interesting when you say that you, you used to pick things up and go, oh, is it a little bit yeah. too camp? Is it a little bit too this? Yes. Whereas, and that must have been something in the back of your mind, maybe new, because it's, you know, yeah. it gave something, you know, my hus- husband, for example, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll throw flower florals on, he'll throw anything else, <laughs> he would give it a second thought. So Good. But it's kind of interesting, isn't it, how that must yeah. have been in the back of your mind somewhere to have that fear. I think I recognise it in hindsight now. Yeah. In hindsight, knowing what I know now, looking back and I thought, oh, that's what yeah. you were doing. You know, at the time I would have just dismissed it and said, oh, I don't like it. Um, mm. But I think looking back in hindsight, I probably thought, oh, that's a bit too close to home, maybe. Um so, yeah, so I think with the benefit of that, I can now understand my thought processes. But, but I'm, I, I mean, the whole world that I was missing out on, what a plonker. Yay. Yeah, but you know what? You got the, you, you're, you're doing it all now, and that is fantastic. Yes. It's never too Definitely. bloody late. Um, and I remember <laughs> saying when we, um, you know, we were doing Strictly about you got so excited about Halloween. And my oh. God, you, you love a fancy dress party, don't you? You oh, love, love to dress it. up. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And this year, I did one of my favourite looks for Halloween that I've ever done. I have this, um, I have this mask, uh, this crystallised, basically half-skull mask. And I had uh, contacts in. I did some makeup, so I gave myself a bit of a smoky eye. Had these horns that were partly sprayed gold. <laughs> and then I had this massive gold chain on, so I had a bare chest and I had a suit on. And then I had these black 
angel wings. I felt like this weird black horny angel devil thing and it was incredible. It <laughs> sounds I, so sexy, I've got to say. It it's so, it's so on my Instagram. Sexy. It's on my Instagram and I it. loved it. Loved it. It was one of probably one of my favourite thing Halloween looks I've ever done. I've done a few. Um, but I just love getting dressed up. I love getting fancy dressed up, as mm. you say, costume to me. You know, mm. it's just gives me a chance to be outside myself, right? You can just play that fantasy. Um, and I got royally sloshed that night because it was just before we went back into second lockdown. So I thought we went to cabaret night, saw a Halloween cabaret show uh, by Denise Van Outen, which is brilliant, absolutely amazing. I mean, nipple tassels, fire breathers, the lot. Um, and yeah, I got, just got absolutely smashed because I felt fabulous. <laughs> So when you went from the from that to Strictly was like a walk in the park Ooh, in terms of the clothes. It's I like loved. Bring it all on. You know what it was like. Sequence. You know what it yeah. was like. How amazing was it? I mean. But it was easy for you. Yeah, I was surprised when they said that some guys get a little bit conscious about all yeah. the sequins and the glitz and the glitter and, gla- and, the, and all the glam. And I was like, why? Why? This is fabulous. This is amazing. I mean, I wore a massive multicolour shagpile rug at Halloween in Strictly, which was very hot because I had this blue leotard, all in one leotard, head to toe underneath, <laughs> with this massive multicolour shagpile rug on top, plus these furry ears, furry shoes. Uh... And I wondered why I couldn't dance in the damn thing. <laughs> Jeanette was livid. She was yeah. like... You can't dance in that. How are you gonna how are you gonna jive in that thing? I was like, I'm trying, my legs are going as fast as they can, I just can't see them. <laughs> oh, it's too good. And did you have you must have had loads of wardrobe malfunction, not just on strictly, but oh. you know, when you've been tell me your worst. Oh gosh. Um I'm sure I have had low, but I I block them out, in, instinctively block them out, the embarrassment. I remember very recently, um, actually, I think it was early part of this year, I was asked to host uh, the Royal National Ballet's, there was a gala night that they were doing, so they had opera and beautiful music and ballet dances, it was great. And Jaeger um, gifted me this beautiful dark blue velvet suit. It was stunning, I loved it. Fitted black trousers, lovely shirt, bow tie. I felt like a million bucks. And um, I know diddly squat about opera and ballet. So, <laughs> so I went out, obviously quite nervous, but I'd done all my research and I, and I hosted this show and it was, it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. And I remember the audience, looking at the audience, thinking everyone's having a really good time. They're all smiling and laughing and it's, and it's great. You know, maybe, maybe this is a thing. Anyway, the show was over. It all went well. I went back to my dressing room, looked down. I did the entire thing with my flies open. And... <laughs> No wonder everyone was laughing. And the best part is it would have been fine. It probably would have, wouldn't have been noticeable, but I was wearing bright pink pants oh underneath. Oh, my God. I can't believe it, really. <laughs> and was, were, they, yeah. were they on show? Was, were they open they, to the well, public? Well, they must have been. pink pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. So that was probably one of my best wardrobe malfunctions I've ever had. Um, That's I mean, it made me chuckle. It, thank, yeah. thank God I was wearing pants is all I'm going to say. Yeah. You know, what? I'm just glad I had coverage. Coverage. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of my <laughs> memorable coverage. ones. <laughs> and, Rand, when you, you know, the, obviously with your job, you must have 
very traumatic and very um, upsetting times. Is there, is there something, something physical that you cling on to? So do you have any kind of comfort blanket, something that you'll yeah. take with you to the hospital or when you travel? Yeah, like I don't necessarily take it to the hospital, but I'm a massive fan of onesies. Like you probably think that they're the worst thing in the world. You have no. I just hang on one sec. I have to show you something. Hang I'm on. going to show you my favourite onesie, Susanna. Okay, hang on a sec. <laughs> Let's have a onesie up. Are you getting naked? <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Oh, amazing! She's gone to get a onesie. No, okay. So, oh, oh, oh! Look, you've got your onesie. Right, okay. Okay, you show me off. yours, and I'll show you mine. <laughs> I have, and I bought this this one here when I was in Panto last year down in Canterbury. I have a silver velour onesie. And it Classic. is the most comfortable thing ever. I take it on holiday with me. Is that really sad? Every time, any, any time I go away, I take it with me. And it is my, it's, oh, it's just, it's just freeing. And it's, it's, it's slightly sexual. <laughs> that is, can I say, truly disgusting. There it is, is nothing but it's to redeem so, that. It's repellent. It's easy access, though, Susanna. It's easy access. That's true. It's on both sides. <laughs> yes, have you got a look? Because, look, this is mine. Okay. Oh, look, you've got is, camo one. I mean, really, you should be wearing mine and I should be wearing yours. But this... Oh, that is amazing. And look how fleecy and warm. And because I oh, started... Oh, it's got fleece on the inside. Wild... Because I started wild swimming. So when I get out, yes. I dry myself. Yeah. So it's fucking cold in that yeah. sea. I dry myself and I put this on. And then, like yours, it's got a oh, little that wee, is lovely. A wee zip at the back. A little zip at the back. Yeah. A little wee zip. Easy access, as they say. <laughs> so, we are the onesie queens. That's probably backdoor yes. access is better for you than me, really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> well, it depends on your preference, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, my darling, and then what about this is going to be really difficult for you? Um, yeah, because you are—you love your clothes and you love dressing oh. up, and I—I I adore you for that. So, but what would your <laughs> birthday suit be? Something that really gives you the most pleasure and you feel can I, great in. Okay, I'm going to show you my actual birthday suit from my 40th, not my You're real not birthday stripping. suit. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, no, and it has to be. This outfit has done the rounds. It is this. My fireball salsa outfit from Strictly. No. So this has been. This has I not really been on. I remember that. Yes, I know. You were, you were there when I was dancing this dance. Yes. So it's been to Strictly. It's been on the Strictly tour. It's been on two Strictly cruises. It's been on the CBBC festivals. On my 40th birthday, Jeanette and I reenacted this routine with the outfits at my birthday party. Oh it my has. God. God. This has just been everywhere. And look, I mean, look at it. Look at it, Susanna. It's so... It's I mean, those girls, uh, Teresa and everyone, they are Oh, they're are amazing. Geniuses. Yeah, they really are. Oh, uh, Vicky, they are so incredible. Geniuses. Vicky and everyone are oh, yeah. stunning, stunning. Amazing. But, but the thing is, they said that they can't reuse it because 
Um, often on Strictly, as you know, they will try to recycle and refashion outfits in future. But they couldn't with this one because it was bespoke to that dance. So if, if they used it again, people would say, hang on a second, that's the fireball outfit. You can't. Yeah. So they said, well, you might as well take it home. <laughs> so I did. Oops. I was like, oops, oops. I might just, just take that one home. To my I, may also, I may also have a few others <laughs> that yeah. I took home as well, just as little mementos. But... Yeah. Um, oh gosh, yeah, wow, yeah. what a memory! Well, that's—I mean—that looks like you could wear it for Christmas too. What are you going to wear on Christmas? Oh what yeah, are your plans. Oh, what am I going to wear on Christmas? Well, I'm going to wear a different onesie on Christmas. Now I'm going to get one like yours. <laughs> you know what? Okay, shall I tell you where you get them? It's a great. I know really exactly. Fantastic. Do you know, know where it's from? Where do you think it's from? It's the same. It's the same one that mine's from. One Piece. Is it from there? Do they make hideous one, one, onesies like yours? <laughs> they, they make all sorts that? of different ones. They make, no, they make shut beautiful up. ones like yours and hideous ones like mine, which I love. Um, uh, and actually, Jenna Russell has exactly the same one. I'm just going to say that Jenna Russell's a West End actress and we've got it at the same time. And yeah. she, she was fine with it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get, a re- I want to get really comfy onesie because the best thing about them is you can have your Christmas dinner and it doesn't matter because no one can tell. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that note, I'm going to let you continue with your evening. And um, Thank you. God, it's been great. It really has been lovely to see oh, you. And let's hook up. I adore when, when you. No, but you're the best. Yes. You really are. Um, and Ranj, I wish you all the luck in the world for your book, A Superhero Like You. It's, I think it's going to be a you. massive success. Thank it deserves you. to be. All right, Thank darling. You. I, send you I miss your hugs, Susanna. I miss your hugs. I love you. I love you. I love you. See ya. Bye. But thank you, darling one. Thanks so much to wonderful Ranj. If you're looking for a stocking filler, do buy a copy of A Superhero Like You, written by Ranj and beautifully illustrated by Liam Darcy. Right, I'm nearly off, but before I go, don't forget our pyjama party, the place where you tell me all about your clothing calamities. Find it on our website at mywardmal.com and email us any stories to help at mywardmal.com. You can also find and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmal, blah, blah, bloody blah, be nice if you could rate and review us too. Finally, thanks to our soothing house band duo. Find and buy their new album at duoguitarmusic.com or at Duo Guitar Music on their socials. Thanks again to the glorious Ranji. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. 